0: Hello, hello, welcome to Sustainable Ish. How are you doing? How is January treating you? It's been amazing to see so many people jumping on board with nothing new in 22 after last week's episode. Thank you and welcome. Do go back and have a listen if you're wondering what on earth I'm talking about, if you missed that episode and you want to find out more. There is no deadline for joining, there is no cut off period everybody is welcome, anybody is welcome at any point during the year. So do go and check that out. So today's episode actually fits in really nicely into that theme of buying nothing new in 22 um, and generally sort of reducing waste and is a chat with Daniel Carolan and Samantha Carthy from Suez, who are one of the big waste management firms here in the UK and who have the waste collection contracts for some of the local authorities around the country, including, which is relevant to this episode, Greater Manchester Combined Authority. Samantha got in touch with me uh, towards the end of last year to ask if I would be interested in chatting to them about the Greater Manchester Renew Hub, a project that is helping to not only divert very usable stuff from landfill, but is also generating revenue and providing jobs for people struggling to find work. It felt like such a (laughs) win-win-win that I was inevitably really keen to hear more. And I hope you'll agree after listening that it would be really amazing to see a hub and a project like this in every area around the country. Now, just a quick note to say that in an unprecedented fit of organisation, I've actually got ahead of myself with some podcast episodes, and this episode was recorded before Christmas, and I think there is a point somewhere where somebody mentions March next year. So actually, in fact, they're talking about March this year, March 2022, when you hear that. And if you do hear any references to mince pies and Christmas jumpers, I don't think there are any. But just in case, then obviously, you know why. You know what our minds were on at that time when we were recording. So sit back, relax, uh, continue with your dog walk, whatever you do while you're listening to this. Enjoy. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Do drop me an email on jen at sustainableish.co.uk, or come and tag me on social media. Um, If you agree that we need one of these all around the country or that you just think it's a brilliant project, then like I said, do get in touch and um, I will catch you next time. Have a great week. Hi, Daniel. Welcome to Sustainableish.
1: Hi, good morning. Thanks for having us.
0: Um, yeah, this is, we've just been doing a little pre-chat and I'm really excited now to dig into this and for you to tell everyone what you guys are doing. So kick off by introducing yourself if you can.
1: Yeah, sure. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Daniel Carolan and I'm the Regional Operations Manager for Suez uh, in Greater Manchester.
0: So for people who might not have come across Suez before, tell us who Suez are and what they do.
1: Yeah, Suez are a global waste and resource management company. Uh, we have a big presence in the UK. Um, we've got about 6,000 employees in the UK uh, throughout England, Scotland, and Wales. We do lots of other standard sort of waste management and recycling activities for big, big local councils, everything from multi million pound long term sort of old school PFI style contracts through What's to collecting. PFI, sorry. Oh so in the 90s the the private finance initiatives when local councils would go out for a 25 year contract to build wow. them some infrastructure and run it so that that all started in the 90s um and we we've been doing a lot of that work since then
0: So basically, this was the point when local authorities stopped doing it all themselves and started sort of contracting out to, Okay.
1: Yeah. And this was sort of under the Blair years in Labour when PFIs were building hospitals and schools and that sort of stuff. But waste management infrastructure was also part of those projects. So we do everything from those, you know, multi-million pound infrastructure projects long term through to collecting the bins on the corner shop in your Mm. local town and village. Um, and all the infrastructure and logistics in between those to, to manage that that waste. We, uh, in Great Manchester, were responsible for managing 1.1 million tonnes of waste a year. And that's uh, origin for that is what people and the residents put in their curbside bins. So depending which burry you live in, uh, if it's Oldham or Rochdale or Bolton or Burry, they all do it slightly differently, unfortunately. Why got... is
0: that? That is the number one bugbear that everyone has with their bins. And so, that's, so you guys have the contract for the whole of Greater Manchester,
1: yeah. but still it's different yeah.
0: systems within different boroughs. That's mental. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> without getting too political, yeah. um, the issue here is you've got nine district councils or town councils mm. of Bolton, Bury, Oldham, who all have their own remit for their collection and recycling operations, so how many vehicles and staff they have, how many bins, what types of waste to collect and don't collect, right? and ultimately what colour bin they want to put it in. Wow. Um, so they, go, they all go out and procure their own services. However, what they have done well, and it's not all bad news in Greater Manchester, is those nine councils decided that it's probably best if they club together as yeah. a nine to procure a waste management contract or a recycling contract to deal with all the tons, and they get the economies of scale then.
0: So that's what you guys have got. You've got that contract yeah. with the nine
1: boroughs. So they've, they've all joined together and come waste management and recycling has now fallen under the Greater Manchester Combined Authority umbrella, okay. which already had things like um, culture and, and mm. education and highways, transport, that under it. So waste management and recycling joined in. Mm. So we've got the good, the residents have got the benefit of a a big contract and economies of scale and one operator and solution for all the material Mm. coming in. However, we've still got the sort of upstream nine different ways of collecting the waste and delivering it to us. You know, you could play devil's advocate and say, should each council let go and have the collections under the Greater Manchester Combined Authority and then they can all do it the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, I imagine there's a million politicians out there who have the want to have their say on that and there'll be pros and cons. So, in a perfect world, you would have it all together. Collection, yeah. logistics, and then the operations all together, but we're not quite there yet.
0: Because this is, um, I mean, this is completely off-tangent from what we were going to talk about, but, um, the, <laughs> but I keep there, hearing I that... You know, DEFRA keep, I don't know if they've put it out for consultation or, if, you know, I keep hearing rumours that, you know, this is going to be something they're going to sort out. They're going to national, you know, going to make it the same standard nationwide and things. Is, is that in the pipeline as far as you're
1: aware yeah, I, I don't think it will happen anytime soon because there's just such a varied demographic and ge- geographic spread in the UK. I right. mean, if you're looking at the London boroughs where you've got such dense, Population in small areas. Mm. A lot of it's you know, multi-occupancy high rises, loads of takeaways and restaurants. Mm, mm. There's so much waste to be managed in a square mile mm. compared to some rural part of the, you know, the Peak District mm. or Northern Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just not comparing apples with apples. And right. what happens there is, if you try and ask them all to do the same thing in the same way, you don't end up with a one-size-fits-all solution. Oh, okay. So what what one council might do in one part of the country works for them. Right. Because they have a completely different challenge than than somewhere else.
0: Okay. So whilst
1: they're all on paper trying to do the same job, they do it differently to suit their needs. Okay. Okay. So in in theory, it it sounds sensible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you start getting into the nitty gritty, it becomes difficult. It's one of those
0: things that you think, well, how hard can that be? Just make it the same for everyone, and obviously yeah. it can be quite hard. But, so.
1: <laughs> but I do totally accept that there's probably two questions that I get yes. a, a lot of the time. One is, why can't we just all have the same bins and do it the yeah. same way? And the other one is, why can't we just recycle all the plastics? You know, why yeah. can this plastic be recycle? Not that one, but we'll not go there today. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't, have, shouldn't have said that. Um, no, well, the plastics thing, that is a difficult one because... You've got some things like a milk bottle that oh. everyone can recognize, what we call high density polyethylene. That is really easy to melt down and reuse again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a dense plastic and it's valuable. And the UK has built infrastructure in this country to identify that in the sorting plants, capture it and send it off to the market to be mm-hmm. reprocessed. Um, likewise, your, your Coca Cola hot bottles, the clear plastic bottles. That's something called PET, another grade of plastic. Again, there's a, there's a, it's quite dense. It's easy to, to, mm. to melt by down and create a new bottle from it. But then you start getting into other grades of plastic then, which are, for want of a better word, cheaper to make. Mm. And therefore uh, the quality of the plastic is less. Mm. And when you start, um, Deconstructing it to make new plastic from it, it's not good enough. Okay. So, you end up at best having to mix it with a better mm-hmm. plastic. So, you might see some shampoo bottles and things now that say made from 80% yes. recycled plastic. That's where the original plastic's not good enough. Right. And it's on its own without some virgin yeah, yeah, material yeah. coming in. And that's either to keep it structurally secure. So, it's not going to burst or crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah to get it the right color because what what we we have a good relationship with unilever who make an awful lot of plastic Mm. containers and when you get cheap plastic in they really struggle to get a consistent colored bottle that isn't just like a murky gray yes so you know if they have a white bottom you know head and shoulders in white gorgeous white bottle they can't get that white from the recycled stuff so the problem at the offset is we're making too much stuff out of cheap yeah, plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all that cheap plastic's available for recycling, but nobody wants it because you can't do anything with it. Yeah. So we really need to stop making it out of that <laughs> stuff in the first place. But the, the pot bottles and the milk bottles, they're fine. It's, yeah. They're not quite as good as glass and steel, where you yeah. can just keep going round and round in a circle with that. But as long as you've got the right technology and it's... The right people doing the recycling those those can be recycled really easily so
0: a lot of um milk bottles now are they in a circular loop can 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 you make a hundred percent a milk bottle out of a hundred percent recycled milk bottle yeah so if
1: you get a clean hdp milk bottle and there's no other contaminants in there it's washed out the mm. labels off um that can be made into another HDPE milk bottle how many times can that go around the loop I've been making that up. i a mean, <laughs> best educated guess if I said, but, you know, it, it, I don't know that there's a, there's a figure, there's a limit as long as okay. the, the process is correct.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: no, know, I know I could say quite confidently that glass, colour and ferrous and non-ferrous metal, that is limitless as long as you do okay. it dry. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: But, um, I think the the high-end grade plastics is, is probably the same. Yeah. But I'm, I can't yeah. say that for a, no that's fine fine.
0: i think we need to do a whole a whole episode on on plastics recycling don't we because it's
1: um... i'll have to do some homework for that one (laughs)
0: um so what we really wanted to talk about today um was the reuse hub that you guys have started but there's quite a lot of really interesting background to that that you were telling me before we hit record so do you mind repeating all of that for us (laughs) yeah
1: i remember where i started okay (laughs) um so Suez, going back to what we said before, Suez does a lot of tendering for large public sector contracts in the UK. And um, these, you know, 10, 20, 30 year contracts for um operating well, building and operating long-term infrastructure. So uh, in 2018, the Great Manchester Combined Authority came out to tender uh for their next long-term contract. Now, we actually tendered for this about 12 years ago and came second to another company. And that other company's contract got halfway through its 25-year term and it did hit problems and the client decided to part ways. Uh, hence, they came back to the market and said, right. we'd like another go at this. So to be fair to the Great Manchester Combined Authority, they were very bold. And I, by that, I mean, they looked at the normal evaluation criteria of cost, quality, um, technical know-how, mm. and they thought, well, all the guys out there who do this, we trust them to do the operations and take those boxes. We, yeah, we know they can all manage waste and move it from A to B and, mm. and, and run an EFW and a MRF.
0: So tell us, what, sorry, EFW and MRF. Yeah,
1: sorry, we love our acronyms. <laughs> in this so an energy from waste facility is what right. people would might call an incinerator, where we. Yeah. We take non-recyclable waste, we burn it, and we create energy and, and give that back to the national grid. Mm-hmm. That's an EFW. And then a MRF is a materials recycling facility, and that's either where we take our cardboard and paper and it gets sorted into all the different grades to go off for recycling mm-hmm. or where all the glass cans and bottles mm. get mixed together. and we, our, The MRF basically separates them all, out: like the glass, the cans, the types of metal. So when
0: we, because I'm in Wiltshire and we've got a blue bin and we can put lots of different things in there. So that would go to one of these Murphs and there's there's people yes. there on a, a conveyor belt picking it all up and there's machines. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's more automated now than it ever has been. A, a Murph back in the day was literally a long line of people picking things off that was mm. valuable. Um, it's a lot more sophisticated now and mechanically savvy. Okay. So we, we have a few people at the end of the process just to capture where the equipment may have missed something right. or failed um, but i would say it, it's much more mechanical now uh, okay. than it is um people yeah so yeah i think the great manchester authority they they realize that us and our competitors we all do this mm. so they they took the bold decision to say well actually we want to pick a winner on someone who's going to think outside the box and social value is becoming really important to greater manchester they recognize some of the challenges that the mayor's identified with homelessness and and a skills shortage, um, job opportunities and funding, uh, environmental things. Uh, you know, with all the all the carbon stuff we just heard at mm. COP. They've got a big ambition for COP planting trees and creating forests. So, and they thought about how can we weave that into mm. what we want and get people to do more of all that good stuff as, as whilst they do this contract mm. for us. So they, they came out to tender and said the social value offering is worth 15% of the overall marks. And at that time, it was typical for us to see probably two to five percent at the most. Okay. Which without being detrimental, it gets a back seat because yeah. you're focusing on who's going to technically sound the best to the evaluator on how you're going to actually do the job and who's going to have the best price. So who's yeah, got the yeah, best. Yeah experience and portfolio but that flipped this on its head and we said wait a minute they're not interested or as interested in who's technically the best at Mm. doing the day job they want they're forcing us to go away and think about who's going to add all this additional benefit to the contract whilst we're doing the day job so we spent we got a mini team together spent six months um, coming up with all kinds of weird and wonderful ideas
0: I bet that was probably quite fun, wasn't it? How many different yeah. ways can we do good with
1: this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was literally a massive whiteboard in a room and people just shouting out mm. what in, in their head. And, and some of them things actually made it all the way through to the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. But what made life easier for us and to try and sort of contextualise it for us was we discovered the Great Manchester Combined Authority had already been doing a lot of thinking on this. And they'd produced nine outcomes that they wanted to achieve or you know, under the mayor, nine outcomes he wanted to see get delivered in Greater Manchester with, Mm. you know, uh, tangible deadlines for each one um, and what success looks like. So I want to see X delivered by Y. And we were thinking, "Mm, how can we do a bit of that? How can Mm. we contribute towards that? And that became the sort of mindset then of all these wacky ideas. Does it, can you link it back to one of those nine outcomes? Mm. And if we can, you know, let's go with it. So what we ended up bidding back was yes, all the price and all the technical stuff of how we're going to do the job, but we ended up going back with 54 social value commitments that you know become legally binding. We have to do this if we. Right. Know. It's not a it's not a give us the job and we'll have a chat about it later. Yeah, you know, yeah. We yeah, are yeah. legally obliged to deliver on these things now. If not, there's penalties back. Right. To us. Whilst we may not have known what some of them were going to turn out like. Yeah because we have never done a lot of this before, mm. we had to be confident that we're going to give it a right, good go and work it out as we go. Yeah. You know, we couldn't put something in that was like, well, actually, we're never going to be able to do that, but we'll say it anyway.
0: Um, so I'm not going to ask you to list all 54, um, and obviously, like, the, the Reuse Hub was one of them, I think, but can you remember what some of the others, give us some examples of some of the others?
1: You know, there was stuff for environmental stuff, so we would do so many uh, staff activity days for with good causes, so litter picking events Mm. beach cleaning events um you know working with local groups to tidy up environments yeah so we we, you know we we, as suez staff we go out and either set these up ourselves or we join in with the local groups we also provide um the local litter picking crews that are complete social groups you know these supported by the council uh hmm. or, or anyone this is well-meaning individuals yeah in groups, of kids and of, groups of
0: groups yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Who, who do all this themselves and you know yeah. fair play to them but what they do need is a bit of funding and some equipment yeah, and some yeah. bags and, and sometimes us to come and collect what they've yes. generated so you know we've committed to not only do it with them but also s- when we can't be there support them mm. by giving them the tools and equipment yeah 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 so we, we do a lot of that uh, tree planting so another environmental one we've got to we've got to plant um, a few hundred trees every year and we're going to try and move that around greater manchester we did yep. our first one in Bury last year there was a recent one i think it was last month uh in salford so we're going to move that around then there's things around education we've got to produce key stage one and key stage two education packs oh wow that we can go into primary schools and deliver or yeah. give to the teachers and help them deliver mm. which you know try and get the message across about how how landfill's bad mm. how you know what a circular economy is mm-hmm. how they can help push their parents into thinking about a circular economy yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you know what packaging is worse than others to manage and deal with so you know getting them to understand that recycling and reuse the difference between them yes. and how good they are so yeah we we now at a stage where we've developed those packs and we can go into schools and help, help get this message delivered. Um, we've got hundreds of hours a year of um, training and, and skills that we've got to deliver to lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds in Greater Manchester. So, you know, groups that we really want to target are veterans, mm. ex-offenders, people on probation, um, Groups from with disabilities or other disadvantaged backgrounds, mm. where you know they're just not they're just not managing to break through on their yes. own. You know, we wanna we wanna run training courses in the hub on things like joinery, bike maintenance, mm. uh, metalwork, upholstery, appliance testing and fixing and repair. You know, we, we're going to deliver hundreds of hours a year to these kind of groups of people uh, in the hub. To hopefully give them a bit of a stepping stone and able to bounce back from whatever they've been coming through. Yeah. I'll just give them that, that reference or that CV um, to, to, to hopefully go and get an interview yeah. and get a job somewhere.
0: So, we've both mentioned the hub um, a couple of times. Tell everybody what that is, what that looks like, how it works.
1: Yep. Yeah. So, one of the 54 social value commitments was we will build a reuse hub in Greater Manchester. So we can start to reuse, uh, reuse a lot more of the items that the residents are throwing away. And no, you know that's not having a go at the residents of Greater Manchester. The mechanisms aren't there to make life easy for them. Yes. To say, well, actually, I'd rather not throw this away. Can I take it somewhere and get it uh, reused for a second life? That you know that 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 gap is missing. Yes, definitely. So um, when we wrote that in twenty eighteen, none of us really knew what a reuse hub was. There's not yes. another one in the UK that we could go and have a look at and go. There's not. Just gonna... No.
0: I think they were trying to start one in Bristol, but I don't know if it ever ever came. Yeah, to there's it. lots
1: of reuse shops. Right. And we also have three of them in Greater Manchester. So on the household waste recycling centres, HWRC is what everyone commonly refers to as the tip, mm. and I'll, I'll say that no yeah. one, what everyone understands. So on the tips, we have, like a lot of other areas in the UK over the last few years, reuse shops. Mm. So the items get donated. It's normally bric-a-brac, small items that will fit in the, sort of, the size of a, a shipping container on the right. site. Right. Yeah. And we will um, accept them, make sure they're clean and they're safe, and we will resell them. And we've been doing that for since May this year okay. in Manchester, but we've been doing it for years in other parts of the country. And that that is reuse, definitely, but it's on a small scale um, because you can only only sell as much as you can fit in your shop. Yeah, yeah. And by the nature of the shop, by definition, they're quite small in the footprint. But it's definitely a stepping stone, and it's where we all started. But in 2018, we thought, actually, that's not enough here. Mm. We need to do something different. We need to go bigger. Mm. Um, So the reuse hub. Was the next uh, evolution from that. And basically, if you can imagine the size of a football pitch, that's the footprint that we've got to work wow. in. It's a blank canvas, it's a big shed. And we said, right, we're going to make a reuse hub in here and we're going to make it possible where the people can come to site and the house away centers or the tips. We can intercept good material from them and say, hi, does that work? Do you mind if we take it as a donation? Mm. And we will bring it into the hub. And if it's fully functional and working and if it's a chair with all its legs and it's clean and it's functional, you know, we'll just sell that as it Mm, is. mm. But if it needs a bit of TLC, um, you know, if it needs a bit of basic repair, we'll also do that. Mm. But then we wanted to really push the ball out and say, we're going to do electrical goods. Mm. We're going to get qualified people in to help us repair a fridge mm. and pack test it and give it a warranty that we can then sell it yes and you know there's a there's a lot of conversations in great manchester with the mayor about furniture poverty and mm. you know people who are you know in an unfortunate position where they they might have found somewhere to live but they can't afford yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. to, to kit out the house so home starter packs and things like that we yes. think we're going to be able to play a role where...
0: especially that big stuff as well because some we were i was walking to school with my son the other day and someone had a like a big chair outside and it just said free to a good home and he was like yeah. have it and i was like we don't yeah. need it where are we going to put it but obviously they yeah. you know couldn't take it to the tip or whatever and so it just sat out there for a couple of days got rained on and now it's just sort of you know turned upside down mm, in the means, heat but yeah. somebody could have used that you know it was perfectly yeah, functional
1: true. and yeah and that that's the whole concept here we if we capture that item at the right time mm. it has a value to someone else somewhere down the line mm. You've just got to get that item into the right place before it gets rained on and destroyed. Yes, yeah. And, you know, the member of the public is doing the right thing. They're saying, look, here's a chair for someone who wants it. But it's getting that someone who wants it the chair. And that's not likely. So what you need to do is get that chair to the person who wants it. Yes, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And that's what we're hopefully trying to achieve by Mm -hmm. having these donation containers on the site. So we've got 20 Tips in Greater Manchester. There's roughly a couple in each each borough, and currently, fifteen of those sites have a, a reuse container. So, when you park up in your car and you get your items out for the residual skip or the the wood skip or the metal skip, oh, oh. we will be discussing with people if you've got anything for reuse, uh, anything that you want to donate, oh. you know, whether it's an item of furniture, an electrical um, piece, and if it looks okay. We'll put that in the donation container. And I think when we started this, we we said, oh, yeah, we'll build a reuse hub. But we had no idea how much stuff was out there. Really? That would be potentially fit for reuse. And also, what will it be worth? Because going back to the, econ- well, starting with the economic side of this, mm. the operation, whilst it's not for profit, we do have to generate some revenue out of the back of this because When we won the bid in 2018, another reason, another thing we offered as a social value commitment back to the GMCA was we will pay them two hundred and twenty thousand pounds a year minimum from the revenue from reuse sales. Wow!
0: (laughs) Does that include after you guys have paid all these? um...
1: No, no. That's if I if I make ten pounds in reuse sales. Yeah. That's £10 off £200,000 £200, I have to pay them. Okay. So have, we we have to pay the GMCA the £200,000 whether we make that. Yeah, or yeah, not. yeah, yeah. So we, again, this is going back to us in 2018, backing ourselves to do this and do it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it would be easy to go and get um, a load of technicians and a big shed mm. and all the, all the experts in and just do this for us but we wouldn't be able to afford it yeah and we'd have nothing to pay back so yeah, yeah, yeah. we do need a business model behind this that is sensible albeit this is not for profit mm-hmm. and the proceeds go back to good causes yeah, yeah but yeah. we want to have the revenue there to give back so that yes. Suez every year isn't financing the two hundred thousand pounds <laughs> from its own pocket yeah you know we 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 have been doing that because we all accepted, You can't open this and start it and the money just comes through the door on day one. No business starts like that. So, you know, we've got a two, three year plan to scale this up. But our plan is quite clear that we will not only make that £200,000, we'll we'll make at least an extra £100,000 on top that we'll give to the mayor's charity. Oh, wow. So there's £200,000 that goes into a community fund, which is managed by ourselves and the, the GMCA. And that allows third sector groups, charities. So what's a third schools. sector
0: group? So and um, people might not be aware of
1: that. So some organizations are 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 set up, so they're not registered charities, but they are third sector not-for-profit organizations. Right. So there is a distinction where you know people in that group may get a salary. You know, they may cover, you know, they cover their own operating yeah, sure. costs. But um you know there's no shareholders there's no profit there's no so it's
0: kind of social enterprise people might have heard of social enterprises yes. it's that kind of yes. okay
1: cool and and in, in our world we we wrap up the charities and the social enterprise groups as the third sector it's, okay cool yeah you've got obviously you've got the local local sector councils in mm-hmm. down the country the the public sector you've got the private sector mm. which is the likes of us. and then the the social enterprises is what okay, we commonly term as the yeah, third yeah. sector um, yeah, we've got to we've got to give that 200000 pounds away so that all these third sector organisations every April can apply for funding for environmental um, waste management oh. uh, recycling or social value uh, projects that oh. they've got. And we were really pleased that um, April this year we we had the two hundred thousand pounds. We paid that to the GMCA. And we had an abundance of charities and third sector groups apply for this funding. You know, we didn't give them an awful lot of notice. This was all done pretty quickly earlier this year. And we were worried thinking, we've given the £200,000 away, put it in this pot, but is anyone actually going to apply for it? And what can we do with it? But um, yeah, it was fantastic to see so many applications from so many passionate, enthusiastic individuals and small groups saying, we want 200 quid or yeah. we want five grand for this project. And this is what it's going to do. Whether it's, you know, street cleaning and, and litter picking groups or food waste projects, um, upcycling projects, mm. uh, upholsterers who want tools and equipment to fix mm. stuff. Uh, it was a real sort of broad, diverse set of yeah. applications. And, you know, we've given that fund has made the first payments. Uh, to all those groups and we're mm. now in the stage where we're going back to these individuals and organisations saying right what are you up to let's yeah. have a look and see can we help you and is it working yeah. do you need do you need any more support um so we're starting to get their feedback now and their sort of updates on what they've used the money for and what impact that's having and so that's great
0: that two hundred thousand pounds I mean that kind of speaks to the you said you didn't know what sort of volumes you'd be getting and things but I mean do you, do you have any figures like what is the average resale value of the stuff that you're selling on? Presumably, you're selling it, you know, either at, at a, you know, a discount or some of it, as you said, you're giving away to yes. some of these furniture poverty?
1: Yeah, kind of I mean, we are, we are in effect sort of operating on a charity shop model. Mm, However, mm. um, you know, if you want if you were to walk into one of our three reuse shops, they don't look like charity shops, so okay. you set off from the offset wanting to distinguish ourselves and having a look and a feel and, and a brand. Uh, so the brand that we that us and the GMCA have gone for is renew. Okay. This all came from people saying, well what what's the hub? What are the shops? What we're gonna do? Mm. What's the vision? And we were saying, right, well, we want to create value from the waste yeah. that we generate in Greater Manchester by working together to renew its potential. And it was like, oh, We knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that became the brand. And then we started to realize, actually, if we want to make a good go of this and we're potentially dealing with thousands of items a year, Mm. landing at the sites, being collected, delivered into the hub, being fixed and repaired and then moved out of the hub for sale, um, either in the shops or click and collect.
0: Oh, wow. So people can order stuff like you got online. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, you know, we're working hard now on, Sam's team and others um we're looking at a facebook marketplace renew page an ebay page so if you you know our fridge freezers they're quite big yeah um and the shops are quite small so we probably only fit one in there yeah but we've actually got hundreds so You know, we can only fix and repair and make available for reuse the amount that we can sell. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So, you know, we quickly identified that if we want to get through this stuff and get a value from it, Mm. we need to make it available to the masses. Yeah, definitely. And initially that was click and collect. And, you know, we're still in the final stages of building the hub and one of the last bits is the click and collect area and all the racking and storage going in now. But we're already saying, well, actually, we need to click and deliver. Yeah. Because... We want to sell a fridge freezer, and I'm making this up somewhere like forty pounds.
0: Someone's probably got to hire a van to come over and get yeah, it. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: If someone lives in Trafford, where the hub is, mm. then that's great. But yeah. if you live in the opposite side of Greater Manchester in Tameside, if you're in the circumstance where you know forty pounds is you know a bit of a big outlay but mm, for mm. your fridge freezer, you're probably not going to have a van yeah. that you can come around the M60 and collect it. Yeah, on yeah, the, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Twenty miles away. Yeah. So. Yeah, we, we're now already into. We've not even started clicking for by the way. And we're already into <laughs> like, how do we click and deliver? Yeah. So, yeah, we're, this has happened quickly. But um, to go right back to your question, yeah, we, we don't have an average sales price at the minute because we're only selling stuff that will fit in shops. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that is uh, bric-a-brac and small items and a bit some furniture, um, but I think from on average, is what I've seen. You know, we might be selling a dining room table and chair set for something like 40, 50 quid, mm-hmm. and that's a proper solid um, kitchen table and six chairs. Yeah. Um. So we 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 realise our role in 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 this problem, and it's not to sell things um to make a, a profit. So yeah, therefore, yeah, there's yeah. no advantage in us. Trying to hold on for a high price. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we do have is an abundance of stock. So where we think we will generate our revenue is selling more at a low price because we've got so much stuff coming in. Uh, we need to just get through it. It doesn't work for us to have items sat in the shop or in the hub on a shelf mm, for yeah, week. Yeah. We want to sell it almost as quickly as it comes in and replace it with the next one. So that that will dictate our pricing strategy mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but also you know what's our target market yeah um we want to help the people you know in that that awkward unenviable difficult position where you know they're counting the pounds every week yeah yeah, yeah. you can't just go to curries and spend 250 mm. quid on a washing machine yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: you know yeah. so yeah we, we've got a very clear identity on where we want to pitch that
0: definitely so what I don't know if you have the stats on this. What proportion of stuff that comes to the tip potentially can be reused?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, In Manchester, we're probably looking at about 1%, I would say, at the minute. Oh, okay. Um, In terms of weight, because we've not introduced electricals yet. So. A lot of bric-a-brac and, um, you know, small home items, Mm. they don't weigh an awful lot. Um,
0: Does that include furniture and stuff?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. Because if you think about it, this is stuff that people have brought to the tips in their car. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It can only be a certain size, yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, the odd van comes in. We accept vans, householders with vans, but the vast majority of stuff comes to us in a car. Mm Mm-hmm. So by definition, it's not that big and therefore not that heavy. Mm. And everything in our world is on tons. Right. We talk tons, and hence 1.1 million tons of, of waste in the contract every year. How much of that gets delivered to us in cars on the sites? That's a small amount. Yeah, know, yeah, that yeah. might be 25% of that. And then out of that 25%, how much of it is fit for reuse? Yeah. So um, before the reuse hub, almost none of it because it, you know, we're putting stuff into a little shop. Yeah, all of a sudden, we've got this football size, football pitch size yeah, operation yeah, yeah. where we can take a punt on a lot of things now. Yeah. If, if a washing machine looks complete, i.e. the door's on, all the buttons are there, yeah, the yeah, leaves yeah. and the plug's on the back, as long as the owner or the person bringing it in and says, look, it's blown up, it's been on fire or something, yeah, we'll yeah, say, yeah, yeah. right, well, we'll take that. And then in the hub, we will try and get it working and what we're told by these experts is it might say Hoover or LG on the front, but when you start dismantling them in the back, they all use a lot of the same common oh, parts. Oh, okay. So the drums and the, sorry, the yeah. bearings and, and the motors, all the main manufacturers buy the same component bits. Yeah. They just make the fronts look yes. different. Yeah. And even, even if we don't get it working, we'll strip it down and keep a lot of the component parts. Right,
0: yes, yes, yes. And we'll
1: end up with you a racking of shelving with bits and bobs in. So the next time one of those comes in, you know we might have a bit from an old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as we go, we'll get more efficient. The more things we strip down and keep parts for, the more equipped we'll be to get all of them fixed.
0: And you're going to start doing... So at the moment, you're not doing electricals.
1: We start next week with a company... Called Recycling Lives, who are based in Preston, oh, and they're they're a fantastic operation. Who by day they're a scrap metal business, um, but about ten years ago they started a charity function as mm. part of their day to day business, and they have um, operations in all of the the big prisons in the north of England, and their their ambition is to give people the best possible opportunity once they leave prison to mm. go and reintegrate back into society so they've set up schemes um where you work for them in the prison for six months mm-hmm. on, a, on a job now the prisons love this because one of the problems they have is you know idle hands get up to mischief and all that sort of stuff and and there's a lot of people in there who made a mistake um you know and, and you know they're desperate to, mm-hmm. to bounce back and prove themselves again and a great opportunity for those people is go and work in this program for six months. Um, so, for example, at Style Prison near Manchester Airport, Recycling Lives have a, a building there where they take all of our computers, laptops, and flat-screen tellies mm. that the public give to us in Manchester, and they deconstruct them, and... All the component parts of laptops, for example, they're quite valuable. Yeah, there's
0: lots of valuable metals in there, aren't
1: they? Yeah. yeah, they have a small team of people who are doing that work in the prison every five days a week. Yeah. And they get paid a wage, but they're only allowed to keep a very small fraction of it whilst they're there for okay. basic food items. Mm. And they're paying it into a pot. That will be available to them when they leave. Oh, brilliant. That, yeah. You know, hopefully they can you know buy a car or yeah. first month's rent. So you yes, know that yeah. something that can help them make that yeah, integration yeah, yeah. back into society. One thing that they re- these people tend to struggle with is getting an address. Yes. So getting somewhere to live, and if you can't get an address, you can't get a bank yeah, account. Yeah, yeah, if you're not yeah. No bank account, you can't get a job. Yeah. So they they have built ten dwellings on their premises in Preston. Where those that don't have a home to go back into, um, they can come and live on their site. So this is, this
0: is this is this um, scrap metal. Visit. I mean, amazing that like a, yeah. a, a scrappy is then doing all this. Stuff. I mean, that's yeah. Phenomenal. I mean,
1: DMD's got an OBE. He's met the Queen. You know, wow. They've, they've,
0: you
1: know, they've been doing some good stuff for over a decade now. Yeah. And they're they're a great example of the kind of people who we want to bring in. Mm. So so yeah, we're going to start next week and. Recycling Lives will have two qualified uh, appliance m- maintenance technicians in there because, with my slightly sensible, boring business hat on, we have to make sure health and safety yes, and all that yeah, is yeah. in place. So I need some people who know what they're doing in there yeah. for that word. But they will bring with them four people who are on probation for, on an eight-week scheme. Mm. And they've got grant funding for twenty-four people a year who come out of prison who are on mm. probation to come and work with us in the pod yeah. in, the, in the hub. Um, and whilst they're there, they'll you know they'll get into the routine of coming to work five days a week. Mm, mm. They'll learn basic appliance skills and testing. If they get there and say, "Well, actually, I like bikes," yeah, they can move down to the bike workshop and work on bikes. Or mm. actually, I like upholstery. Mm. Well, you can come and learn upholstery in that section. So. Now it's a great model of um, what Recycling Land are trying to achieve. And whilst they're there, they're helping us get through more of this stuff. Yeah. So get available for sale, which then generates the cash to give back to the good causes. So it's win, 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 win Definitely. for us. And
0: And these skills actually are, you know, skills that, that maybe might have, you know, repair might have been quite commonplace skills a couple yeah, of generations ago, but we don't have them anymore. And actually you know, we're going to need them more and more, aren't we, as we try and transition yeah. to a much more circular economy. And I was talking yeah. to somebody last night for a podcast episode, and he's written a book called um, The Day the World Stops Shopping. And it's about, you know, like trying to slow down consumerism and the yeah. idea of, um, and, and so this idea that actually, you know, that there won't be fewer jobs in a circular economy, but there'll be different jobs. So there'll be this kind of jobs and these kind of skills yeah. are going to be really sought after, I, right? you know, I would hope and I would imagine as yeah. we try and change things.
1: Yeah, I mean... There's lots of different reasons why reuse hasn't really taken off in this country.
0: Because that's the thing. For so long, we've been told, recy- you know, do your recycling,
1: excellent. Yeah. And
0: actually, reuse, if we think about, you know, the waste hierarchy, yeah. it, it's, it
1: comes before that, doesn't it? And it's... Oh, yeah, and, and miles before it. I mean, mm. I wish I had the numbers off the top of my head now. I, I, I don't want to get them wrong. But if you look at the tons of carbon offset saving or the... Um, financial benefit or the energy savings of a ton of material recycled versus a ton of material reused right yeah 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 the impact is massive yeah so yeah recycling is better than landfill and it is better than incineration but it's nowhere near as good as Mm. reuse Mm. you know because if someone buys that washing machine and we've fixed it and repaired it for another few years of life Mm. someone's not buying a brand new one yeah
0: there's all those results you know without
1: going into all the Carbon stuff of you know the raw materials, the, the factory, the logistics, yeah, the shop, yeah. the delivery. You know, you've you've taken all that away. Mm. That's the problem that we've had in this country, where mass consumption, but the manufacturers and the retailers have mm. been rubbing their hands and they they love it. Yeah, which is why I, w- I you know, I almost crashed my car a few months ago when I was listening to the radio and an IKEA advert came on, and it said, you know, you can do lots of things to help the planet. Um, one thing you can do is get solar panels on your roof. Mm. The other one is fix a chair. Uh, one's a lot easier than the other, but yeah. both, both help the planet. Yeah. And and it stopped, and I thought that's IKEA, and they just a told this. selling fix chairs. My chair. <laughs> yeah. Not buy one from them. Yeah. I thought I had to like think it through. Going at no stage have they advertised any of their products. Yeah, In fact, yeah, they have come yeah. as far as say, don't buy one from me. Fix the one you've
0: got. It's like that, um, there was a very famous Patagonia campaign, wasn't there, for Black Friday several years ago, where they said, you know, don't buy this jacket. And I think Levi's are starting to sort of move into a similar model as well. And so when you see big companies like that really starting to embrace this and start to think about how they can change their business models to incorporate reuse rather than just sell as many items as you can then you'd kind
1: of know that things are starting to shift there has been no one will ever admit this this to you from the big retailers or the manufacturers but goods are made with a shorter shelf life yeah yeah component parts are more susceptible to a shorter lifespan than they were a few years Mm, ago mm. All with the incentive of just buy a new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that, that's the trap that, we've, that yeah. we've been stuck in. But what's refreshing is, you know, we've not finished the reuse hub yet and we've already got Amazon, eBay and Ikea wanting to talk to us about how we can sort of industrialise reuse for them. Wow.
0: Because there's all those stories about Amazon just chucking stuff away that comes back to them. I mean, that's... Yeah,
1: well, I did have a right smile on my face when they got in touch because it was a few weeks after that press story yeah. in, in Scotland where they've got a massive depot and 124,000 items were disposed of in one week. And they followed the, the reporters followed the trucks and they went mm. to a landfill somewhere. But they were like brand new power tools. Ooh, you mm. know. They weren't like stuff that was damaged or yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff that was sent back from a consumer. You know, it weren't open box returns. These things have never been sold. But you start to wonder if they can get just this landfill, 124,000 items in a week, that must be a fraction of what they're actually doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, shelf space is so important for them to to make their money that they're willing to just jettison all that for nothing just to keep the business model going. And you think that is absolutely mind-boggling, but... Maybe it has taken that, and the PM, you know, calling them out and shaming them, for them to to actually turn words into action. But yeah, they want to talk to us about a model where eBay, especially, they're probably the furthest down the line where they buy an Amazon-style delivery fleet. So if you buy a kettle off eBay, a new kettle, um, they will come and collect your old kettle.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: And they will bring so. The van will leave at the start of the day full of all the items that have been bought and they want to Mm, deliver. mm. And as they're delivering the new goods, they will collect the old goods in return. Mm. And they want to take that van back at the end of the day to a reuse hub. Mm. Now, yes, it might be under a different sort of model that we've designed for the Great Ministry Combined mm. Authority, but the principle is exactly the same. They want somebody in that hub to grade the material Mm, and say, well, mm. that." we can't do anything with that this is good to go here i'll give it you back and ebay then make another margin on that sale so they would then sell it on yeah. ebay yeah that's the catch for them they're getting more items yeah, on their yeah, platform yeah. to sell yeah and you know more stuff will probably come back where it's not rubbish or good to go it's yes. somewhere in the middle yeah, and yeah, yeah we have this process in the hub it's called it's a rag system, so red, amber, green. Okay. Red means we've looked at it, and unfortunately, it's not fit for reuse. It's too So then will it
0: be stripped and recycled?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a, a toaster um, or a, a table, mm. we will put the wooden table in the wood recycling yeah, skip, sure. and the metal toaster in the metal skip. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it would still, the worst case scenario is it would be recycled. Recycling. Yeah. But... What they what eBay want is to someone to red, amber, green everything that comes mm-hmm, back mm. on the van like we're doing in the hub. So um, red means sorry, we can't give this one back to you, eBay. It's, yeah. it's not quite there. Green is right, great. I don't have to do anything to it. You here it is back for you to sell. Mm. And what they want to pay someone to do is manage the amber mm. and say right, how much of this stuff can you fix, mm. clean, repair, mm-hmm. test, or, or even upcycle and transform? Yeah, and get yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one one bit we've not even touched on yet in the hub is there is a massive market out there now emerging for upcycling and, yeah. and restoration. Yeah. When... On the odd day, I do get home reasonably early from work and I put daytime telly on. I was going to
0: say, what's that TV programme? My mother-in-law watches it. What's it called?
1: (laughs) Well, there's there's the repair shop. There's money for nothing. That's it, money for nothing.
0: Isn't that where they literally do what you guys do? They stand by the tip and say, give us your chair and I'll
1: make it into something. Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned them. We've had three of the experts who work for money for nothing come into the hub and they've already taken items from us. Oh, wow. stored them and brought them back. So we've got a gallery in the Hub, in oh, the nice. event space. And, you know, we we commissioned them to come in, take some stuff, mm. do what they do, and then bring it back. And then we've got an area in the Hub where when people come to visit, next to the training area, you we can show showcase what people are. Yeah. So when everyone says, what what's this place do? What's it for? Yeah. We can show them all the stuff coming in and go, you know, that's how we get it. But we want to make things like that. Yeah. And... The numbers are frightening. There's a sideboard um, that uh, a guy called Simeon, who's on Money for Nothing every other week. Um, oh, sorry, Joel. Um, and he's uh, it, gone from a dark, solid sort of oaky, dark mm-hmm. wood colour that's not fashionable, and he's literally painted it like a luminous pink with a big icon iconography over the front. Mm. And he said, if I sold that on my website, now it'd be about a thousand pounds. Wow. And there's another guy, Simeon, who took a Parker Knoll chair. Yeah. He's probably about like 50 years old. All the fabric was tired and tatty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these things are going for stupid money. They're way really online. popular, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and because Simeon spent six years building his business mm. and he only works on chairs, Yeah. he's taken a Parker Knoll chair for us, which obviously came in for free as a donation. Mm, mm. Um, and he said I could sell that for between one and a half and two thousand pounds. Oh, yeah. What he's done to it? Wow! Now we're not—we're obviously not going to be able to do that because yeah. we're not siming. Yeah. But yes. the principles there is the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they might not all be parking old chairs, but yeah. there's such so much good stuff coming in that we can add value. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we're going to have a, a a brilliant sort of sprinkling mixture of these experts coming in for the odd day a month and helping us do it. Mm. Also delivering training courses in there and masterclasses that people, I think, are going to come and pay for.
0: I was going to say, like, I think people would come and, and pay for a workshop with whoever or learn how to upcycle a chair or a sideboard
1: or... Going back to what is a reuse hub, in 2018, none of us had any idea mm. that this is what it could be capable of, of mm. um, doing. We've actually, because we've had so much space, we've, we've built a, a reuse hub in terms of goods in, goods out. Mm the shops we've built all the repair shops and workshops uh, that we call the pods Mm. we've built click and collect and and click and delivery but we still have some space left over (laughs) so we've built sort of what we're calling a multifunctional event space and you know on a monday i can see where the great manchester combined authority brings school visits in i was
0: gonna say i would love to like wouldn't it be awesome to have school kids coming i mean how inspiring for them to see that this is, this is not only a possibility for what to do with your rubbish, but this is, a, this is a, a job you could have. This is a skill you could have.
1: Yeah. So, you know, on a Monday, we could have uh, school children in, show them what we do. Mm. And then on a Tuesday, pack, you know, pack all that away. And then on Tuesday, in the exact same space, we're delivering workshops on bike maintenance. Uh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then on a Wednesday, we've actually got an event, you know, a conference. Or, you know, we've built it to a standard that, uh, we can host events. Yeah. It will be a venue that people can book and hire. Yes. Yeah. 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 And we've already done a pilot one of them a few weeks ago and it was, it was brilliant. It, you know, it, it went really well. Um, but I'm convinced that we will get the likes of Jay Blades and these who are, on, uh, who are on repair shop, shop. Yeah. Coming into the hub and we will sell tickets that obviously all the revenue goes back to the good causes. It's not you know, just more, more money giving back. Yeah. And people thought I was mad when I said that earlier this year. And I said, well, rewind the clock 10 years ago. Would you have thought people would pay tickets to sit in front of a chef, a TV chef, 50 yards in front of you, cooking in a pan you can't see? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you'd have been like, nah. But, you know, like with James Martin and Conan, people pay Uh, fortunes to go and see him live. Yeah. And I honestly think that upcycling and restoration. It's got so much momentum behind mm. it and have for all the right reasons. And there's so many people out there with these skills who want to put them to good use. Or yes. Lots of people don't have them and they want to go and learn them. Mm. But, you know, people will come and pay money yeah. to, to, to have the experts give them a masterclass.
0: This, I'm, I'm so excited by this. I just think, it, like you said, it's, it's a win on so many different levels. I want Suez to have one, like, in every authority that they... <laughs> You're like is that the, the plan for? I mean, how many different authorities do you work with? Like, could this be a yeah. thing that you can roll out?
1: we have a few large scale public sector contracts in the UK. The Greater Manchester one is the biggest in the mm. UK. In fact, it's, in terms of tons, it's the biggest in Europe because you've got all wow. those nine big councils to yeah, grouped together. Yeah. But we've got we've got other big council contracts down south and in the, in the northeast, and um, we've we've had an event with our big corp, uh, big council customers last month. Um, where sort of the heads of department who were responsible, you know, the decision makers came to the hub and we wanted to show them what was possible Ooh. because everyone's been talking about reuse for years.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We've actually had the opportunity with this contract to, to deliver something that no Ooh. one's done before. And whilst it's not finished yet, um, you know, it's not going to be fully functional until April next year. Okay. There's enough there to show people yes. what it's going to be. And, um, you know, the feedback from that day was fantastic. And we've already had, you know, I reckon half my job now and my team's job is becoming the tour manager. You know, <laughs> it's becoming really hard to finish the project because we're constantly
0: Showing taking people, people around. around. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, and that's a lovely problem to have, yeah. by the way. I'd rather have that than um, we've, we've spent quite a bit of cash on a project that no nobody wants to. In. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah it's yeah. a lovely problem, but. Yeah, we we are every week taking interesting Amazing. parties around with the incentive and you know the the long term goal of being this is a blueprint. Yes, and we want to roll it out somewhere else.
0: I mean, yeah, wouldn't that be phenomenal if there was one of these, you know, at least in every I don't know how the you know county councils or whatever are all split, but you know one in every region so that um, it's just. I mean, I don't, yeah, the, the percentage of stuff that it can it can divert, but all these extra additional kind of win-wins as well. I mean, you're talking about um, tree planting and things, and, and that's what we traditionally think of as offsetting. But actually, this is kind of offsetting in the, the emissions that you're saving with the reuse and all that kind of thing as well. is. Um, yeah, I
1: mean, COP26 was obviously a few weeks ago, but as a company, we were a little bit disappointed on how low down the agenda or the airtime things like uh, reuse mm. and, and resource management were getting.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, there was lots of – the only thing that really penetrated was better things with food waste because obviously yes. food waste creates so much carbon. Mm-hmm. It, it was tangible to them. They could see it. Mm. But, yeah, all, it was all dominated by, you know, air transport, um, fuel on, on, on planes – And energy production, you know, what Mm. is it better to go hydrogen or electric cars? How bad is uh, fossil fuels? Mm. But what people didn't sort of join the dots on was if we buy less stuff, (laughs) we use less energy. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how efficient or clean energy production is, just use less of it. Yeah. 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 And the, the biggest way to use less energy is buy less stuff. Buy less
0: stuff. I know. Buy less new stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is exactly what I was talking to JB McKinnon about last night. And just, but it's, it's, it feels a little bit like the elephant in the room. You know, it's the, the conversation yeah. that don't really, nobody wants to be told to buy less. It's just, not as sexist. It's,
1: it's not as it's bland. Not, not very aspirational, you know, it just, it is it? It just doesn't capture the imagination, unfortunately. Is look at all this big, bad fossil fuel and these chimneys here mm. with all the smoke coming out. You know, it's, it's not iconic. Yes. Like, you know, you can show an old-fashioned coal power station somewhere in the world and go, right, we can get rid of X amount of these yes, if, yes. if we go to hydrogen on or another yeah. another energy source. It's hard to contextualise and, and sort of frame reuse.
0: And also, it's um, we were talking, you know, this idea of sort of we're very into conspicuous consumption, aren't we? And that's, you know, social media and being seen to be sort of wearing something new or whatever. You know, how do you make a point of, wearing, oh, I'm still wearing the same pair of jeans I was last year. Do you know, it's yeah. not... Yeah, think, yeah. yeah. I think
1: what it boils down to is, you know, it's dead easy for one big multi-international firm to say, we're going to stop doing this and start doing that. And here's a lot of numbers on the benefit oh. of that. Massive, massive, impressive numbers. And you're like, whoa, but well, that's one organisation or one industry doing one thing. That's dead easy to frame and tell a story around... When really the business we're in is lots of people having a little go. Mm. You know, we're all we're all having a little go. Mm. You know, I get asked all the time. I'm at home. What's the one biggest thing I can do at home to make a difference? And there's loads of different things, but yeah. you know, that one person's making a a minuscule impact. Yes, but it's only when we all group together and all have a little go and yeah, them, Some better than others add all them together and it's bigger than that big industry making that one big change well how do you how do you get the sexy data around that
0: (laughs) yeah 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 and that's that's the problem you know that's the the problem I guess um sort of I struggle with every day and this sort of message of the podcast you know is just everybody like you say have a little go do your little bit um and it, it honestly does all add up but I mean it's so this is so much of what we hear around environmental news is is Depressing, and these problems feel too big and too complex, but actually hearing this has really cheered me up, so thank you. <laughs> I just think you know waste you. isn't isn't sexy, isn't glamorous. um you know, I think we might be a bit cynical about whoever collects our waste and does it really get recycled and all these kinds of things. but to hear that there are big organizations that like you guys taking on on big contracts, and I mean kudos to to greater manchester for for including that as part of their they're contracting. This is how these things ripple it's and start to, to change, say, isn't if it? If
1: somebody in the GMCA hadn't said, yeah, had that idea, fifteen percent of the marks on this, the hub wouldn't be there, and we yeah. wouldn't be having this conversation. So, yeah, that that was most definitely the starting point, and then that forced us to think outside the box. Yeah. and we couldn't just churn out what we've done before. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, it's absolutely phenomenal. If I'm ever up. Um your way. I would love to be one of the people dragging you away from doing your proper job. Sure.
1: <laughs> no, no, definitely. I mean, March, April time next year is when we think we're going to be there or thereabouts and brilliant. In terms of all the infrastructure in and all the parties and the and the the partnerships there yeah. and present and doing their thing. So you'd be able by then you're able to see what the building is. Yeah. you'll also be able to see what it does.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so like obviously if people are local to Manchester can they come and have a look, or will they? Will they? Yeah, they I mean, like, uh, people basically.
1: Yeah, where, where we are at the minute is it's not a shop, as in, it, you know, it's a mile away from the Trafford Centre. Right. So there's a lot of people knocking around this area, um, but it's not available to say, "Oh, I'll just pop into the hub." Yeah. Because uh, getting a bit boring here on a technicality, but yeah. in terms of planning and stuff like that, it's not. Re- we don't have planning for retail. Yes. It's a waste management function still. And, you know, we've got planning for warehousing and, and, and waste stock. Mm, mm, mm. Um, what we don't have is a massive car park and logistics yes. and transport and lighting and signage to make it safe for the public yeah. to just come at their leisure, which is why Click and Collect gets us around that, or Click and yeah. Delivery. You buy a washing machine over the weekend and say, I'm coming in Monday, 10 till 12. Yes. We can manage I've that flow of traffic yeah. into the site so, yeah, I'd love to have it. You know, the next evolution again, we well, are not even opened yet. We're on to like iteration three here. Um, <laughs> is we'll have a repair cafe. Yeah. You, know, you can come with your bike or something like a washing machine, drop it yeah. off with us, and we'll fix it for you. So, at the minute, we're constrained to what the people bring to us on yeah. the house away centers. What we'd love is anyone can come in at mm-hmm. any time from anywhere and drop something off, and we'll have a go at it. But yeah, anyway, yeah. We're, I'm, getting, I'm getting well down the line.
0: Are there three? Um, tips with the little shops Shops.
1: which yeah. ones are they, those
0: so people know yeah so local. we've got
1: um, we've tried to spread them out across the borough we've across Greater Manchester we've got um, Woodhouse Lane which is in Old Tringham, which if you're thinking about the M60 as a clock that's like 7 o'clock on the map okay we've got Boys Note Wharf which is in Salford about 9 o'clock on the map okay and then we've got um, Arkwright Street in Oldham that's about three o'clock. Okay. Um, and then we're going to open another site uh, next year at Reliance Street, which is more sort of in the centre of Manchester, okay. closest one to the city centre. Yeah. And then we'd love possibly to open a, open a fifth at some stage because the more of them shops you open, yeah, the more, the more stuff you material can sell. we can get through. Yeah. Uh, what I didn't mention before is going back to how much stuff's out there and will we have anything to do and play with and fix and repair. We genuinely didn't know, but we're now at a stage where we've got five local charities coming into the hub every day, taking items in a van free of charge.
0: Amazing.
1: Because there's more than enough stuff for yeah. us to, to get what we need out of the project yeah, sure. and, and, and you know, give people life skills and, mm. and experience and confidence back working on the stuff but and sell that and pay those good, yeah, good yeah, uh, yeah. causes back. But there's so much stuff that local charities can come in and stock their shops on the back yeah. of us. I mean, it's
0: kind of, it, it, it's amazing, but it's also depressing to think that in other areas that, that don't have something like this, that yeah. what, what is happening to all that stuff? Do it, you know? It, um, when
1: we first started, it was a bit pleasure-pain like that. It mm. was, wow, look at all this good you stuff. You suddenly realise how much stuff there oh is. Oh, my God, this has been happening for ages. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And yeah. we've never been doing anything about it. yeah. Yeah, and this know, is it's just amazing. Manchester, and you start scaling it up to the country and think, God, there's so much good stuff. Yes. Going to waste.
0: Well, I, I mean, I quite often see on you know on sites like FreeCycle or Freegal or on you know um, buy nothing groups, people saying like, I need this gone by the end of day, otherwise it's going to the tip. Do you know, so it's perfectly usable. It's just as you say, it's not getting yeah, into yeah. the getting it to the hands of the people who who want it. But yeah, yeah. So and and kind of website wise, is there somewhere I we can point people to come and have a nose around?
1: I'll let you take this, Sam.
0: <laughs> Sam has been listening in the whole time, but she's got a sore throat, so she hasn't been speaking.
1: Yeah, apologies for the voice. Um, yeah, we do have a website. It's um, it's on the Recycle for Greater Manchester website, and there is a renew page on there. And we do also oh, have... Oh, brilliant. Um, our social media channels to follow the follow the journey.
0: Yeah I was gonna say it'd be an awesome Instagram to look at all these brilliant things exactly, you're doing. Exactly,
1: yeah. So we, we do we have an Instagram um so you can see a lot of the upcycled items on there. Um oh, amazing. and uh, we also have a Facebook page which will link to our Facebook marketplace uh, very soon.
0: And what are the what's the Instagram handle or whatever it is? It's at renew greater manchester. Brilliant Fab I will I will link to all these in the show notes for everyone. Oh, thank you, guys. Sam just dropped me an email and I said, I don't know if you'd be interested in hearing about this. And I thought, oh, yeah, sounds quite cool. And then chatting to you guys, you've absolutely made my morning. So thank you, guys. It's absolutely phenomenal what you're
1: doing. No, great. And we'd we'd love to um, host you whenever you're in the Northwest because, you know, we're getting better at um, describing the facility and what it is and what it does. But even so, you just can't do it justice until you go and see the scale of it and, and who's in there and what they're doing. It speaks for itself when you see it um and it's hard to get it across verbally so yeah i would definitely recommend you coming on brilliant
0: one. i'd absolutely love to well thank you so much for your time thank you you know for all these things that you're doing as well i th- like i said it's really heartening to hear that that all this stuff is going on and um yeah really really good luck with it i well I I don't want to say I can't see it failing, but, um, you know, it seems to. there's so many different ways and and things you can do with it. It's just um, really, really exciting. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you.